Hey everybody, it's Kenny Luck and I'm joining you from a small but powerful space that God is using to reach hundreds of thousands of men around the world every month. I'm talking about the Everyman Broadcast Center. You know, we're closing out one of the wildest years of ministry that we've ever had and one of the best years that we've ever had. You see, just like you, there was a life that we expected to live this year and the things we expected to do in 2020, right? Then that gave way to the life God called us to live and some different things that God called us to do. Now, thankfully, the Everyman team was in a perfect position to seize both the global and the cultural moments to bring men together to deliver powerful and prophetic truth from God's word for such a time as this and grow the movement of dangerous good men around the world. You know, we were setting records in every broadcast outreach category as men turned to God in these times. We broke a single day live stream record as over 10,000 men tuned in to hear a word from God in one live stream in our Corona Chronicle study. And single days like that began to add up and those single days turned into a single month record for the live stream audience. That record was shattered. We also had a single series record, the Corona Chronicles. That record was broken. And for every number, I want you to know that there's a life that was touched by God's spirit through God's word. We even got to add this year 66 new curriculums to our men's video library. Yep, another record. You see, our theme for this season was Philippians 1.27, which says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. So whether I see you or only hear about you in my absence, I'll know that you are standing firm in the one spirit striving together as one for faith in the gospel. You see, through COVID, we stood firm with you as one for faith in Christ. Through a season of great division, we stood firm with you, unified under Jesus. When the family was getting attacked, we stood firm, not budging, fighting for the family. And through the fatigue and depletion and depression, we resolved to strengthen your walk. The hope and the promise of Jesus came to you every day, every week, and every month. And right now, Everyman Ministries needs you to stand with us here at the year end and give generously. Now, what we believe here at Everyman is that one transformed man transforms many things. Hundreds of thousands of transformed men transform millions of things every day as they encounter Christ through the ministry of every man. And they engage God's plan for their lives. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to simply click the donate link below and risk being dangerously generous. Why? So that we can continue to raise up and encourage men to become dangerous with goodness in the spirit of Christ. And in the process, those same men are gonna bring God's love and justice to women and children and a world that is waiting. So from the whole team at Everyman, at 
the end of the year. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. Have an amazing holiday season. Welcome to the men's global live stream. We're starting a new five-part series called Force of Habit. Now, I want to start by asking you a simple question. What makes men the best at what they do? I mean, let's just take sports, for example. Uh, you pick a top person in any sport. And I think everybody can agree that Steph Curry is the best NBA shooter or one of the best NBA shooters because of his habits. All right? Habits make Steph Curry. Habits make Mike Trout, one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. Habits make Jordan Spieth, one of the best golfers uh, in the world. Pick your area of expertise, find your top person, and here's what you'll find. You'll, have, you'll find habits, you'll find perseverance and consistency in those habits that without them, uh, I'm not mentioning their name in today's global live stream. Uh, another good question uh, to ask is, is where do habits come from? Well, habits at their heart are found because of God and how he made human beings, right? Making decisions as a human being um, takes time and it takes energy. And you know what habits do? Habits keep us from having to make the same decision over and over again. I'll say that again. Habits keep us from having to make the same decision over and over again. Um, habits emerge because uh, the human brain is constantly looking for ways to conserve energy versus spend energy. Uh, for example, uh, you want to worry less uh, about your health uh, you want to spend less money on prescription drugs and doctor bills, you want to experience less physical pain, then you get your hind end to the gym or out walking, exercising, and eating right, and that will happen. And you will worry less and you will spend less emotional energy on those things and you'll be spending less money on prescriptions and doctor bills. Now, let's Let's kind of translate this principle about how habits free us up uh, from wasting energy. If you want a life-giving and energizing relationship with God versus a life-sucking and draining relationship with God, you are going to have to examine your habits because they're a force in your life. They're either a draining force for your relationship with God or a life-giving force for your relationship with God. God, And here's why. Uh, when you have bad spiritual habits, all right, you're constantly having to rethink things about God, redecide stuff about God, recommit your life to God, and remake decisions in all of that process is draining versus what? versus forming habits that develop a lifestyle of commitment, and all a lifestyle is is a bundle of habits. But if you form and develop a lifestyle of commitment, you're going to save energy, you're going to save your emotions, and the Bible says it's going to save your life from a lot of self-inflicted pain. All right. So let's just summarize. Good habits free us 
to tune in to the most important things, all right? Good habits and your habits, um, they tell us the most important thing uh, about you. Your habits are your truest self, and that true self, because of your habits, will be revealed uh, over time. Um, your habits are a window to your inner man. You know, your character is just a large bundle of the habits that form it, all right? Lastly, just as an introduction to this series, good habits are hard to establish, but easy to lose, amen, guys? All right, good habits are hard to establish and easy to lose. Listen to this, right? And we all know this. Bad habits are easy to establish, but hard to break, right? That's why God is very interested in your habits. You see, because if Jesus is truly your wonderful Lord, if Jesus is truly your wonderful Savior, if Jesus is truly your greatest treasure, you're going to want your habits, which form your lifestyle, to reflect it, all right? And the Bible reveals a God who asks his people to engage in regular practices and habits that are a natural function, listen, a natural function of being identified with him. You know, and what we see specifically in the Bible is that once you're united with God through Christ, uh, there is a lifestyle composed of practices and habits which grow this relationship with God, which grow your connection with Jesus and glorify God. So let's take a look at just some verses that I selected for today's introductory study called Force of Habit. The first verse is in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, and there's a few others, and then we'll unpack them. So let's read Romans 12, verses one and two. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Did you see the language in there? We're gonna unpack it, but I just wanna highlight a few words. Offer, right, your body. We see language about patterns of nonconformity and conformity that should be not engaged or engaged. We see language of those patterns creating transformation, renewal, and approving out of your relationship with God. The next passage in today's study is from 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, No one who has been born of God practices sin because his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin continually because he has been born of God. You see, the identity in God shapes the activity and practices and habits, right? Next verse is from Titus 2, 10, and 11. It says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives 
in this present age. You see how a connection with God creates a lifestyle where we say on a regular basis, no to the world in order to say yes to God. And then lastly, here's a verse uh, from Jesus, very simple. Uh, he says this in Luke chapter six, verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? See how Jesus is connecting identity and a pattern of activity? So let's unpack those four verses really quick and make some observations about good and bad habits. All right, number one, from Romans 12, we see that good habits are an intentional pattern of worship, right? You see a person, and the picture is of sacrificial worship, right? The Old Testament sacrificial system, and as a part of worship, um, animals were sacrificed, they're put on the altar, right? And they're sacrificed to God. And that's the picture here, and it's a pattern of worship, but instead of an animal, it's you. It's an offering of your whole body, to God, your total self, and that pleases God, right? Where you say no to offering yourself to other things on a regular basis, and you, on a regular basis, offer yourself back to God, right? Allowing God to help you think, and when God allows, uh, when you allow God to help you think, um, you can now uh, choose, because you're thinking with God, you can now choose God's will. So good habits are an intentional pattern of worship. It's all worship, your habits. Secondly, uh, bad habits, and this comes from the first John chapter uh, 3 uh, verse there, bad habits must be changed with determination and God's help, right? That passage says, no one who's been born of God practices sin. So there's that connection, there's that in our family, the family of God, we don't practice sin. I used to say that to my kids all the time. I used to identify the what a luck was, right? And I would say, in our family, you know, we respect each other. In our family, uh, the children listen to mom and dad, first time. In our family, we encourage people. In our family, and the list goes on and on. That's what 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 is saying. God's saying, hey, in our family, we don't practice sin. Do we sin? Okay, uh, yeah, we do. The Bible accounts for that until we meet Jesus face to face, and then that capacity to sin and sin uh, impulse in us goes away. But um, when you're on earth, you're vulnerable to sin, and in our family, God's family, guys, as a man of God, a son of the king, we don't practice sin. And the, that passage says he cannot sin continually. In fact, the Bible gives us permission to question whether a person is a part of the family of God if they're constantly sinning continually. It is a natural and normal evaluation. There. So, bad habits must be changed with determination and God's help. Not talking about perfection, right? I'm talking about growth and distance so that there is not continual sin in your life, all right? So that's bad habits. Good habits, write this down, uh, should fill your life. That's the passage from Titus where it says, God's grace has been offered to people for salvation, and that grace that God offers us in Christ. It teaches us to say no 
in order to say yes, right? We say no to all ungodliness. It's a habit that we have. God's grace is in our lives. He saved us. We're grateful. We want to thank him back. How do we do that? With our lives. What is your life? It's a bunch of habits. It's a lifestyle, right? And part of the lifestyle of the man of God is he says no to ungodliness in order to say yes to living a self-controlled, upright, and godly life. How do you do that? Habits, because we're part of the family, right? And then lastly, bad habits must be confronted. And that's what we see Jesus do over and over again, whether it was with the disciples or with the Pharisees or, or, or with people who got God wrong uh, and they somehow thought that they could accommodate sinful motives and sinful actions and sinful attitudes with their life in God. And Jesus, you know, like, you know, a dad driving a car full of kids has to pull over on the side of the road and confront the activity, right, in the back seat. That's what Jesus does in Luke 6, 46, when he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see what Jesus confronts? Jesus confronts a, a man claiming an identity and then Jesus is evaluating his activity or his habits, his practices. And so that's a normal thing to do, all right? You say you're on the team, okay, we work out of this playbook, all right? We, this is how we live, this is our lifestyle, this is how we roll, all right? So Jesus will confront you. If you claim to know Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit will confront you in your mind. You won't, you'll feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit that's going, um, excuse me, you're a man of God. Men of God uh, don't do that. Don't do that consistently. Don't participate in that, all right? Don't dwell on those things. Don't engage in those activities, right? And, uh, and so bad habits must be confronted, and it's a loving thing that we do that, where God will confront our bad. Why? Because we're part of the family. That's what a good father does. All right, with his kids. Uh, I put a verse uh, in your notes from Psalm 64 just to kind of sum this up. Uh, it says this, everyone sees it. God's work is the talk of the town. Be glad, good people. Fly to God. Good-hearted people make praise your habit. And the reason I put this verse into our study in part one is that relationship habits, and that's really what we're talking about, relationship habits that help you know God and to glorify God have a name, worship. Anytime you do something that pleases God, any habit that you develop that delights the heart of God, you know what that's called? Worship, worship isn't just singing. Worship's a bunch of things that fall under the umbrella of pleasing God. Worship is pleasing God. All right. So now where we want to go after just kind of that introduction, just to get our minds around the, the force of habits, where they come from, what they're like, and, and God's mind on our habits. I want to talk about your character. Uh, because your character, my character too, is just a large bundle of habits. Or in the Bible, they're called practices. All right, so whenever you see when a man practices something, basically the Bible's saying he's got a habit, right? And so to start, 
this discussion of your character and the relationship of your habits and practices to your character, I put the definition of what a habit is. A habit is a settled or regular practice. Ah, especially one that is hard to give up, right? So let's take a look at what the Bible says about right habits. Number one, right habits build the right life, all right? I think we all know that uh, intuitively. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 24, through 25, Jesus talking, uh, he says this, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, you got it, practice. is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So solid house equals a solid life. That's the metaphor Jesus is using. How do you build a solid house, right? You got into a solid habit, right, of hearing Jesus's words and putting them into a practice, right? So the right habits build the right life. Second, right habits establish a man's integrity, right? Right habits, we know this, right? We say that guy walks the walk, why? Because he has the habit of doing what he says he's all about, right? That, that guy's the real deal, right? His habits and his actions that are represented in practices that, that create a lifestyle communicate that uh, he's the real deal. He has integrity. He's undivided between who he says he is and what he believes and how he actually lives, which is just a bundle of, of habits, right? Uh, Jesus confronted men who claimed a relationship with God, uh, and they had some habits, but they actually ended up not reflecting those habits in real time. He says this in Matthew 23, he's talking to a group of religious guys, and he says this, he says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. In other words, they have the position and recognition of men of God. So you, he's talking to the disciples, you must be careful to do everything they tell you to do, but don't do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. So they put an image out there, but their private spiritual habits betrayed their public image. Wow. God's interested in that? You bet. God's interested in that. They're called hypocrites, right? And so in the name of God, presenting themselves as, as men of God, uh, talking about the word of God, Jesus says, hey, you know what? What they say is right, how they live is wrong. And how they live is a collection of habits. That's your life, right? So right habits establish a person's integrity before God and before men. Number three, right habits connect me meaningfully to Jesus. This is a cool verse from Luke chapter eight. And um, let me set up the, the context. Jesus's renown is growing. His public ministry has started. And when you're doing the things that Jesus is doing, when you're saying the things that Jesus is saying, uh, you are attracting a massive crowd. So we pick up the story in Luke 8, 
and his first blood kind of family is trying to get to him. And Luke picks up the narrative in verse 19. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Whoa. You know what Jesus is saying? He's just saying, you know, uh, you can do a lot of spiritual things. You can even be my blood family, but you know, there's one behavior that says you're connected to me. And it's hearing God's word and putting it into practice. Wow. You see, what you'll get here on the Men's Global Livestream is you'll, you'll get um, God's word, but the focus of our teaching and our ministry here at Everyman is to get you practicing God's word. Information without application, let me just tell you guys, it's hallucination, right? And that's what Jesus is saying. He goes, you know what? You can claim a connection with God. You can know a lot about the Bible, but if you are not putting into practice my truth, all right, we're not close. But who's my mother? Who's my brother? Who's close to me? Who has a connection to me? The person who hears what I say and does what I say. So right habits, practices of God's truth connect me meaningfully, all right? Key word to Jesus, all right? Fourth, right habits reflect the right attitude. You know, there's when, when you've been pastoring men as long as I have, you, you, you got kind of two kinds of guys. You got men who sort of, uh, they pick and choose, you know, their lifestyle, and then they blend, they're blenders. I call them blenders, all right? Blenders blend their life in God with their own life that they want to make, all right? There's a, there's a word for them. Uh, they're called syncretists, all right? In philosophy, they're, they're called syncretists. What, you know, little of this, little of that, I mean, uh, and, and, and then they call it Christianity. It's not Christianity, man, all right? So that's one type of guy. Then there's the other types of guys, uh, and those are men who live it, men who breathe it, and men who inspire others uh, to do the same. And that's um, what Jesus talks about in Matthew 5, 19. Listen to his words. He says, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly, by example or by word, will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. All right? There's the blenders. Right? But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You see the difference? Right? Whoever practices has, has the habits right? and, and inspires others to, uh, to, to, to practice what God says uh, will be called great. And so there's a definition of, of greatness. And you know, that reflects an attitude. It's arrogant. For Jesus to be the vine and you to be the branch, for God to be the potter, for you to be the clay, for Jesus to be the shepherd, and for you to be the sheep, and then for you to sort of say to God, yeah, let's flip that, all right? I'm the vine, you're the branch. I'm the potter, you're the clay. I'm the, sh I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. I can play around and mess with what you say, and I can take some things in, and I can leave some things out. And I'll do some things, you know, if it feels good to me, and 
Other things that don't fit my, my focus or my lifestyle or the moment, I'm just not gonna do. How arrogant is that? You know what arrogance begets in births? Stupidity, guys. Stupidity. There's God, and then there's us. There's the vine, Jesus, we're the branch. There's the potter, God, we're the clay. There's the shepherd, Jesus, we're the sheep. Creator, created, and we could go on and on. Redeemer and redeemed. One person's in the A position, one person's in the B position, and when the B, per B position person tries to usurp the A position person, yeah, that reflects pride versus humility and a right view of God. Right habits reflect the right attitude, all right? Number five, right habits create closeness to God and distance from, listen, selfishness. How cool is that? You know that selfishness destroys your relationship with God and your relationships with people, right? And we know that. Self-importance, self-indulgence, right? Self-preservation, self-protection. Just put self before some word and it will destroy a relationship, all right? Well, the Bible talks about this in Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. It says this, God will repay each person according to what they've done, right? To those who by persistence in doing good, means they have good habits, right? Seek glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil as a habit, there will be wrath and anger. I want to draw your attention to a couple of phrases, right? Persistence in doing good and he will give eternal life. A lot of men think, you know what? Eternal life starts then and there. What I mean is uh, a lot of men think that uh, eternal life, experiencing God's presence and power in a meaningful way, you know, that, that's a future moment and in a future place. There are other people who understand God and listen to the teaching of Jesus where they know Eternal life doesn't begin then and there. Eternal life begins here and now. At the moment of salvation, your eternal life begins. Your eternal experience begins. Your eternal relationship with God begins the moment you place your faith in the person and work of Christ. And all of that power and presence of eternity is available to you, not then and there, but here and now. And listen to the language here. Right? God's going to reward people, right? And it says, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he's going to give eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking, right, there's going to be wrath and anger. So you see how there's good habits, right? Persistence in doing good, having the right practices, Man, God draws close to that person. He's going to give more eternal life. Anybody up for a little bit more eternal life right now? I am. I hope you are. All right? But guess what? If you don't have the right habits, you turn into a self-seeker who has the habit of rejecting truth and the habit of following evil, and now you're up for discipline, man of God. Stop that, right? You don't want that, and we don't want that for you. Your brothers don't want that. Every guy on this live stream does not want that for himself or his brother. That's why we're here, right? 
Let's move on to number six. Number six, right habits bring personal reward from God. For all of you guys who are motivated and incentivized by reward, I want you to listen in to Matthew 6, 1. Words of Jesus, once again. And he says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father, all right? So uh, there are men who turned super spiritual, and maybe you know some of these guys. Depending on the setting, public setting that they're in, man, they can flip on their, 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 their Jesus mode like a light switch. Like, um, they can turn it on when maybe there's a woman in the picture who is interested in a godly man, and a guy can turn on Christian speak, he can turn on Christian language with some other things on his mind, if you get what I'm talking about, right? There are guys who can talk spiritual but don't live private, spiritual, committed lives. We can deduce from what Jesus says here the opposite. Jesus says, don't practice your righteousness in front of other people to be seen by them. There's the motive, right? being religious, carrying around one of these, showing up in spaces with the motive of being perceived as a follower of Christ. Don't do that, right? Because if you do that, if your motive is to be seen and not really have a private, committed life to God when no one's looking, uh, you lose your reward. But guess what? What's cool is that the opposite is also true. Man, if you practice righteousness, Right? With the right motive, uh, you're going to have a great reward from your father in heaven. In fact, a lot of habits nobody sees. Nobody sees all the practice that Steph Curry puts in. Nobody sees all the golf balls Jordan Spieth is, is hitting. Nobody sees all the batting practice that Mike Trout you know, uh, does. You know, We do that outside the limelight. Right? But the reward is seen. Right? Can I just tell you something, guys? I know there are a lot of you who are listening. You... You, you are publicly perceived as a Christian, but privately, your habits, uh, you got to work on that, right? You need to not be perceived as a Christian by men. You need to be seen as a follower of Jesus by God, by putting some good habits privately when no one's looking into your life. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying to several of us out there, many, I think hundreds, I think maybe 50% up, the, the percentage is going up, right? There's a split between your public image and your private self. And God sees both. And between the public image and the private self, men see this, God's looking at this guy. And God's wondering, man, if I'm truly his wonderful Savior, if I'm truly his wonderful Lord, if I'm truly his greatest treasure, which is what he says out here, how come privately his habits don't reflect that? You see, Jesus is concerned about your private life and your private habits. Lastly, uh, write habits, write this down, require perseverance. And now we're getting to where the rubber meets the road, 
all right? And 1 Timothy 4, 16 talks about how we got to persevere in the right things. Uh, Paul is talking one man of God to another, and right now, I'm one man of God, and I'm talking to another from the Word of God. And I'm going to say this from 1 Timothy. Watch your life and your doctrine, or what you believe, closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You know, guys, the Christian life is very simple. All right? Live life with Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Live out what you are learning as a lifestyle composed of habits that you do not compromise. I'm going to say that again. Christian life is simple. Live life with Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Live out what you are learning from Jesus as a lifestyle, which is composed of habits that you do not compromise. That's what perseverance is, is when you don't compromise your lifestyle and the habits that compose them as a man of God. What does that mean? You persevere one day at a time. You repeat the process one day at a time, all right? I mean, C.S. Lewis had such a great observation. He said, relying on God has to start all over every day as if nothing yet has been done. What a great statement. Relying on God has to start all over every day as if nothing yet uh, has been done, right? Jesus, knowing Jesus, relating to Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus, and his kingdom does not work, listen, it doesn't work on the accrual system, okay? The accrual relational system is, you know, what I've done in the past or my past effort, you know, that should accrue and, and benefit me today. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what Jesus taught. It starts over every time the sun rises. You go to bed, sun comes up, we start all over. All right? Doing what? Thinking about God, knowing God, relying on God, being filled with God, listening to, to God's voice in the big and small spaces as we go through the day, remembering, remembering God. It's a new day. New disciplines are demanded. That's why we're talking about establishing the right habits. You got to persevere in them. So if you're going to watch your life closely, watch what you believe closely, and then just dedicate yourself to the lifestyle of commitment to Jesus and your beliefs about Jesus rooted in God's word. And if you do that, listen to what the Bible says. It says you're going to save yourself and your hearers, your children who are hearing you, your wife who is hearing you, your friends who are hearing you, your, your coworkers who are hearing you. Man, consistency, perseverance, Christian life is simple. Live life with Jesus, learn from Jesus, live out what you're learning uh, in your lifestyle, which is composed of, of, of habits and don't compromise. I, I, I hear God saying right now to several of you that, don't compromise. You're kind of being pushed. Or your work environment is testing you right now. There is a, um, 
there's a there's a there's a direction that you're taking where you're passing over some habits that you've established. You used to be in God's word every day before work. What happened to that? That's what the Lord is asking you. All right? You used to talk to me uh, about your everyday life in lots of moments. What happened to that dependence upon me? Where I'm the vine and you're the branch, and apart from me, you can do nothing. God is speaking um, right now where there are many men listening to today's global live stream where you've lost some of your good habits that you used to have, and guess what? You're gonna have to battle starting right now. God says, you battle. You battle for me, right? Because you're mine. In our family, we have practices. Those practices are important to me, and you need to put them into your life. So let's get to our conclusion of part one. The header on your notes is, habits reflect the source of your life. In 3 John 11, and the reason why there's no chapter and verse reference is because there's only one chapter in 3 John. So it's 3 John, the 11th verse says this, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. You know what God is doing right now with a lot of people? I just see this. I see this happening right now as you're listening. You're getting a fresh vision of God. And you're getting a fresh vision of how he feels about your lifestyle. And you're getting a fresh vision of the habits that compose your lifestyle. And you know what God is saying to you, man of God? He's saying some of those things got to go and then some things got to be put back in. And you know exactly what needs to happen. Dear friend, don't imitate what is evil. You know, what is evil is not necessarily diving headfirst into sin publicly. You know, um, evil is subtle, wouldn't you agree? Evil gets us thinking, I don't need to depend on God for that. I don't need to start my day with him. I don't need to say every day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't need to say every day. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, control me. Relying on God has to start over every day as if nothing yet has been done. Thank you, C.S. Lewis, for reminding all of us in today's global live stream about how life in God works. And we, we start all over every day as a habit, a habit of dependence, a habit of discussion, a habit of partnership, a habit of conversation, a habit of dialogue, a habit of leading and listening, a habit of learning, right? For these times right now, the Holy Spirit is calling all sons of the King back into training, right? Why? Because he wants you right now to have the best relationship with God that you could possibly have. And when you have the best relationship with God that you possibly can, you're gonna have the best impact for the kingdom of God in this life. That's what's going on. And that's why we're addressing this on the men's global live stream. You see guys, um, God wants you healthy. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 12. He says this, quote, If you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick healthy fruit. 
if you grow a diseased tree, you'll pick worm-eaten fruit. The fruit tells you about the tree. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. You get the picture there? You're the tree. And guess what? You have a stake in your own health. And we get to decide if we have habits of growth or habits of disease, right? Habits of health or habits of sickness. And when you're growing a healthy tree, you're growing a healthy life. That's, that's the picture that Jesus is painting. Grow a healthy tree means growing a healthy life. And habits reveal the health of the tree, right? Can I ask you a question? What do your habits reveal about either your health or your sickness or your unhealth? What are your habits doing in your life? What's the force of your habits and what's the outcome of that force of your lifestyle, which is composed of habits? You see the Holy Spirit speaking, man, we gotta get into the gym. We gotta get back to being the best man of God that we possibly can, and it starts over every day. So right now, I want you to put down your pencil, I want you to put down your Bible, and I want you to join me in a moment with God. Hmm, man, God, I'm, hmm, hmm, I'm convicted, personally. I know that thousands of my brothers are right now. Lord, this is our hour. This is the moment that you selected for us to go from becoming an idea to a human being to live out your purposes on earth before we come back to you. And Jesus, you said, as long as it is day, we must work the works of him who sent you. For night is coming when no man can and Lord, we want to have a life and a lifestyle which is composed of practices and habits that reflect our hearts. And I personally, along with my brothers, want to ask your forgiveness. For Lord, I know there's, um, there's areas of my life where I, man, I need to get right. I need to get it right. And it starts every day and it starts over every day, God. Forgive me for resting on past things, past times with you, past experiences, Lord. It's today, it's about today. And so, Lord, I'm putting a stake in the ground. And if you're listening to my voice and you're ready to put a stake in the ground, just tell Jesus, Jesus, today, I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm gonna reshape my lifestyle by reshaping my habits, gonna start today. And we're gonna do what it takes and we're gonna get back on track. And for those of you who are in a good flow, guard it and protect it. That's what the Lord's saying right now, is you guard and protect the life that you built. Because remember, it's so hard to establish a good habit, but easy to lose. But it's easy to establish a bad habit. And it's hard to break. And God, right now, I just pray right now over all the men listening, Lord, that you would just put up a shield of faith right now in the name of Jesus and by his blood, Lord, that you would guard every one of us, that you would guard our life and our lifestyle and our habits, God. 
every day, Lord, our habit of knowing you, living in you, learning from you, and living out what you show us. God, as we go forward in this series, and as we look at the habits that are, are God-approved in your word, Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts for some serious life transformation. In Jesus' name, and God's men said, amen. All right, guys, you got your homework. God has spoken, and we'll see you next week.